been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. We just came last week through Pentecost Sunday. And when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the promise of Jesus. Has anybody ever made you a promise? Did they keep it? You know, you can remember when people don't keep their promises, don't you? It doesn't make us feel well. We, we're, we, it doesn't make us happy. And so, uh, God is a God, and we just said it, of faithfulness. God keeps His promises. And Jesus declared when He got ready to go away, If I go away, I will send you another comforter. Jesus had been with them, walking and talking and teaching them and revealing His Word and revealing His plan and teaching them. But He said, It's expedient. It's necessary that I go away because if I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, in my natural body, I can't be everywhere helping everybody at one time. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll be able to indwell all believers. He'll be there to lead, to guide, to direct, to comfort, to encourage, to give gifts to His people. And He will be there to benefit and bless the church as well as the individual believer. So when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost... And filled that room where they were sitting. And filled every believer. He empowered them. You see, Jesus had already been commissioning. He had already been sending the disciples out. He had already been sending them out to spread good news. He had been sending them out to pray for the sick. He had been sending them out to cast out devils. And they had that authority. He said, we have that authority in His name. The name of Jesus is not magic. It's relationship. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you call upon that name, amen, he said, call on me and I'll answer. And the Bible declares that the demons tremble at the mention of that name. That name, amen, denotes everything that Jesus did, his life, his death, his burial, And His resurrection. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And when you call upon the name of Jesus. And you declare the name of Jesus. Amen. You have the backing of Jesus. You have all the backing of heaven. When we declare things in His name. And when we speak. When we declare. When we... Just put into force what we're thinking and feeling. Heaven brings it to pass. I don't have that authority. I don't have that power. But just as God spoke and said, let there be light. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God began to move and separate. And light began to form. Listen, when God spoke, the Holy Spirit made it happen. Today, when you speak the Word of God, the Holy Spirit makes it happen on your behalf. So the Holy Spirit came and indwelled the believers. And they begin to speak with boldness. And they begin to go forth. And do and declare what Jesus told them to do. My question to you today, and what I want to talk to you for the next few moments, is what 
do you have to offer? We pick up the story in chapter number 3. So the Holy Spirit has failed. They've been filled with power and boldness. And now they're going out and they're doing the work that God's called them to do as a believer. And we pick up the story, John uh, Acts chapter 3, verse number 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth. Everybody say, from birth. He'd been lame a long time. Everybody knew him. This lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate. The one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. Are you bold enough to declare people to look at you? So many people want to be an, uh, anonymous. They want to, they, they, that's why people love Facebook. Because people can say things and do things and act ugly and say mean things. And they don't have to be face to face. They're protected by distance. People say things anonymously or behind a screen or on a phone that they'd never say to somebody in person. Well, if you wouldn't say it to their face, I just declare we shouldn't say it. Amen? But Peter declared to them, look at us. So many times we don't want people to look at us. Don't look at what I'm doing. Don't look at how I'm acting. But when you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're walking in the Spirit, when you know who you are and what you've been called to do, when you know you have power and authority, when you know the name of Jesus works on your behalf, when people are in trouble, when people are hungry, when people are thirsty, when people are in need, amen, you will have the boldness to say, look at me, I have the answer. And that man looked up at him, expecting to receive some money. How many of you have seen someone on the side of the road, on the corner, down at Walmart, with a sign, you know, hungry, will work for food or whatever, and every now and then, you roll your window out and give them a dollar, or give them five dollars, and, you know, you go away feeling really good. Man, wow, I just solved all of their problems. Really knowing we didn't really do a, a lot. We did a little. Maybe they do right with it. Maybe they don't. We don't know. But it's not money. It's not silver and gold that people are needing. When people, amen, have a problem that goes deeper than just the outside. People have a deeper issue. Amen. People have a sin problem. They've got an eternity problem. They've got a lame problem. And I'm telling you, amen, a dollar is not going to fix the lameness. A dollar is not going to fix the pain and the suffering and the loneliness. Money can't solve all the problems in the world. But sometimes we don't have anything else. 
where we don't have the authority and the anointing working in our life to be able to solve the real problem. So we just throw a dollar at it. And go away feeling like, well, I, I, I fixed it. Peter and John looked at that man. Peter said, look at us. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. He said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I don't have any money. I can't. Money is not your problem. You're lame. You've been paralyzed from birth. You can't walk. Amen. You don't need a dollar. You need a miracle. Are we offering people... Answers to questions they're not even asking? Are we trying to offer solutions to problems they don't have? Are we trying to give people what they don't need just to make us feel better? We've got to begin to be led and to walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is discernment. Amen. We need to be able to have the ability to discern what people really need. And when people come to us and they look at us and they say, help me. And we look and we say, oh, I can do this or that. The Holy Spirit will go, no, this is what they really need. This person needs a hug. This person needs be told that you love them. This person, amen, needs forgiveness of sins or this person needs a miracle. Knowing that we have the authority. We have the power. As a believer, you have the power to give people what they need in the name of Jesus. Heaven has everything we need. God has created everything that human needs. He just needs somebody that will be bold enough to speak it. Peter declared, silver and gold, we don't have any of that. But I'll give you what I have. Are you willing to give people what you have? And my question today is, what do you have to offer? What have you been given? And what are you willing to share? What are you bold enough to declare? Are we running around hiding? Are we bold enough to see a person in need and say, look at me. Look me right in the eye. I'm about to tell you what you need. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I'm willing to share with you. I'm willing to give you what I have. And what I have is Jesus Christ. The one crucified, buried, and rose again. I have the living Savior. I have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit given to me. Amen. On Pentecost, just a while back. And now then, I'm out doing and teaching and preaching what Jesus told me to. So I don't have all the money that will solve your problems. I don't have the money to pay for your surgery. I don't have the money to get you out of that problem with the lawyer. But what I have, I'm willing to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, can you all declare it with me today? In the name of Jesus Christ 
of Nazareth. Oh, and I'm telling this man, I, I mean, he's probably thinking, okay, I, I've heard of Jesus. Yeah, maybe even I heard him teach or preach or somebody talking about him. He's waiting. He's anticipating. He's been brought there every day for, with some, for some money. And now then these guys come in. Man, they, they have boldness. I mean, they have authority. He's like, man, these guys are going to bless me. And so he rattles his cup. And Peter looks at him and says, look at me. And he looks up and Peter said, I'm not going to give you no money. I'm not going to put nothing in your cup. Because it'll be gone and you'll still be lame. But I've got something on the inside of me that can change you. And I'm willing to share it with you in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He was lame. He had never walked from birth. He didn't know what it was like to run and to play and to dance and to celebrate. He had to be taken everywhere, carried everywhere, Pushed everywhere. Amen. And Peter and John knew. Listen. God has the answer to your real problem. Your real problem is not a pat on the back. It's not just a hug. It's not a well bless your brother. Come on. You need a sovereign divine miracle. And I have the authority that Jesus gave me. That I can lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. So in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise and walk. So many people are afraid to declare that because they say, what if it don't happen? But we're here to declare to you today, what if it does? When you speak the word of God with boldness, the Bible says signs shall follow. These signs shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer? Then you have the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. He wants to give you the gifts. And He wants you to operate in those gifts to give the people what they need. But I'll give you what I have. What do you have today? What do you have to offer? What are you offering your family? What are you offering this world? What are you offering this family? Amen. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. Listen, there's a lot of people that'll make a declaration. They'll say it with their words. But have you given a helping hand? Come on, don't just say the words. Reach out. And help somebody take a hold of those words. What do you have to offer? You know what? Sometimes it might just be sitting in silence with a friend. Sometimes it may be mowing a yard. Sometimes it may be taking somebody grocery shopping. Or taking them some groceries. Sometimes, sometimes you need to extend your hand and do something. Saying it is not enough. Can I get an Amen. There's a lot of folks saying stuff. They're saying, I love you. They're saying, I believe. They're saying, I'm a Christian. But they're not doing it. They're not showing it. Amen. Peter didn't just say, hey, guy, get up and walk. After he declared in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, he reached out his hand. Let me show you faith. Faith Without works is dead. When he extended his hand, 
He calls that man to extend his hand. He could have said, Nope, I, I don't believe I'm healed. I'm not taking your hand. You might have the COVID germ on it. Heard a old country song this week just written. Man's talking about his wife, went to see his wife, he's talking about his mama. And the song was, I love you, but don't touch me. I love you from six feet away. <laughs> uh, there, there's so many new terms and new words and new songs coming out all about this thing. But listen, I'm telling you, I am not afraid to reach out in faith and touch somebody in need. Amen. I'm willing to declare in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And I won't just say it. I'll put my hand out and I'll take your hand and I'll help you up. Being a Christian, being a true believer. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. Yes. Celebration all over this building. We're not just believers in word. We're believers in deed. I'm not just going to tell you, I love you. I've got to show you. What do I have to offer this world? What do I have to offer my friends? What do I have to offer? What am I offering? Am I offering a hand out? A hand up? Or am I just giving words? Or maybe I'm fearful to say anything. I don't know that I have the authority and the power. But we have the authority. Mark chapter 16. After Jesus rose from the dead. Appeared to his disciples right before he was taken away. He declared unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses, refuses to believe will be condemned. These signs, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Listen, as a believer, you should have some signs following you. What are they? You'll cast out devils in my name. You can speak with new tongues or new languages. They'll be able to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Take up any deadly thing or serpent and it'll not harm you. It wasn't long over in book of Acts. We find Paul shipwrecked and a serpent comes out and bites him. Oh, but you know what? He just shook it off because he knew that he had authority over deadly things. There's a lot of vipers in the world today. A lot of people like to reach out and bite you. Put their poison in you. Clamp on to you, cause fear. Like the big boa constrictor, he just wraps around you, squeezes the life. There's people that love to squeeze the life out of you. Put fear and unbelief on you. But I'm telling you, you got to shake it off today. Because as a believer, you have power. Hey, you can take up any deadly thing and it will not harm you. Now, I don't, I, I don't uh, play with no snakes. We're not tempting the Lord. We're not passing around no rattlers. 
But I'm telling you, amen, when you're doing the work of the Lord and you extend your hand out in the world, amen, if the devil bites you, it will not destroy you. It's not going to, because we have authority over those things. He said, you'll be able to lay your hands on the sick and they'll be healed. He gave them that command. And then when the Holy Spirit came on them, he gave them the boldness. To use His name. He said greater things than you. All the things that He did, you'll do greater in My name. Did you know we're doing something greater today? I've been in Israel. I've been in the places where Jesus taught. I've been in the synagogues. I've been on the Sea of Galilee. But you know, today, we're doing something. I'm doing something right now that's greater than what Jesus did. Jesus preached right on the seashore of Galilee and the people right there in the boat and the people out there on the land could hear him. Today, I'm speaking and everybody in this house can hear me, but everybody around the world can see and hear me. That's greater. He didn't say you could do you do any better miracles or bigger ones. It could just do greater. He didn't ever get in his car and drive to church, but you did. You did something greater than he ever did today. Oh, but listen, it goes far beyond that. But we have that same spirit. We have that creative spirit. We have that authority, that anointing. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So I'm not afraid of death. Because He is the resurrection and the life. Greater things. I have the Spirit of God in me. So I have the boldness to declare, rise and walk. And then I'm willing to reach out my hand and pick them up. And the man jumped to his feet and started leaping and praising God. And they started running and rejoicing. They were having church outside of the temple. And then everybody began to gather on the patio, on the porch. And they began to rejoice. But all the religious people got mad. And they began to, 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 to because they were preaching in the name of Jesus. And Peter began to declare this one whom you killed whom the preaching you didn't believe but he rose again and we're doing this in his name and oh my goodness they got so upset they brought them in and arrested them and they began to talk to them and tell them you cannot teach or preach anymore in this name but I'm telling you I mean we cannot stop teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus because there's no other name whereby men must be saved except the name of Jesus ever need shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What are we offering people? When He gave us that commission, that commission was not just for the disciples. That commission was for you and I. We have that authority that Peter and John had. But what are we offering? What kind of spirit... Do you have today? Could we just take a little spirit test? I know you didn't come to church to take a test today. But let's just test our spirits. The Bible says to try the spirits. To to test. We have the spirit of discernment. Let's just... Listen. We always like to check other people. 
But today we're going to check ourselves. So the gifts of the Spirit, you know if the Holy Spirit is working in you or if it's another spirit. If it's not the Holy Spirit, it could be an unholy spirit. If you're not walking in the Spirit, then you're walking in the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if you walk in the flesh, you're going to fulfill it every time. You're going to lie and cheat and steal and you're going to do all the things because that's what the flesh does. That's a sinful nature. But when you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to do that. You're going to have the fruits of the Spirit working in your life and that's what you're going to offer. So here's my question to you today. We're going to go through these and we're going to test our spirit. What are we offering people? For the Bible says, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22... The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus has nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us therefore, or let us not, become conceited, or provoke one another, or be jealous of one another. So, let's just take the test. You ready, Pastor? I'm going to take this test myself. Okay? So, am I offering love or hate? When I see all these happenings in the world, when I hear about injustice, when I see things being wrong, when I see, when I have a run-in with somebody at Walmart, when somebody pulls in front of me out on the road, what comes out of me? What am I offering them? Love or hate? When I open my mouth, are my words loving Or are they hateful? How am I feeling today? Because the Holy Spirit brings joy. But the flesh brings sadness. Here during all this time of of, uh, quarantine and through all this been going on. So many people have been struggling with discouragement and depression and sadness. And that spirit just seems to want to overwhelm us. I mean, when we look at what all's going on, it's overwhelming. But I'm telling you, right in the midst of trouble, the Holy Spirit will bring joy to your heart. What are you offering? Are you offering your spouse joy? Are you offering your spouse love? Are you offering your children love or hate? Are you speaking words that are encouraging or discouraging? Are you causing them to be happy or sad? What are your actions causing? The Holy Spirit brings peace. But the world causes unrest, turmoil, 
There's so much turmoil in the world. So much unrest. And you know what? There's times when things are unjust that we have to stand and say that's wrong. But we can still do it in a spirit of love. We can still do it with joy. And we can still do it with peace. Because when we speak hatred, it breeds hatred. When we speak, the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Some of us haven't learned that yet. Some of us haven't learned that when somebody says something mean or hateful on Facebook, I know this is going to shock you. You don't have to respond. You're not the Facebook police. When somebody says something ugly, unkind, mean, hateful. What are you offering? If you're not offering love, joy, and peace, keep it to yourself. Because a soft answer turns away wrath. But if someone speaks ugly and you speak ugly back, it's going to get uglier and uglier and uglier. And we live in an ugly world because somebody's got to stop being ugly and start being sweet. Amen. The Holy Spirit brings kindness. Out on the board, Miss Amy put, be kind to one another. The Holy Spirit brings kindness. But the world is mean. It offers meanness. What are you offering? Peter and John. I'm telling you. There's pe- How many times have you drove past somebody on the side of the road lame and asking for alms and you looked at them and said they need to get a job? You know why? Because that's meanness. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not kindness. Now, a lot of them, they're out, they, they may be out there for wrong. I don't know. I'm not going to judge them. I don't know their whole story. I don't give to everybody. I give when the Holy Spirit prompts me. But you know what? Just because I'm not going to give doesn't mean I have to be ugly. Doesn't mean I have to roll my window down and say something mean. I need to learn to be kind. I need to offer kindness. I need to offer softness, gentleness. The Bible, that's the next one, is goodness. Goodness. Did you know there are good people in the world, but the world offers I know this is not correct English, Miss Bastunas. I'm so sorry. Miss A. Badness, badness is just badness. <laughs> Don't send me any notes. I know that's not correct. But there's a lot of badness in the world. But we need goodness. The Holy Spirit offers us goodness even when we're bad. The Holy Spirit, Jesus offered us forgiveness when we were sinners. He offered us eternal life when we were dying and going to hell. And we responded by, yes, Jesus, help me. He didn't condemn us. He didn't say, oh, you got to straighten yourself up first. He didn't kick us to the curb. He reached out and He saved us. But if we're not careful, amen, people are bad. But we're reaching out and we're being bad back. Come on, we need to be good. Let's offer goodness. Let's offer grace. 
Let's offer mercy even when they offer ugliness. When they're bad, God is good all the time. Amen? The Holy Spirit develops, breeds, um, produces in our life faithfulness. We just said it earlier. God is faithful. And we need to be faithful. What if, what if, what if, what if your spouse asks you, have you been faithful? And you respond by saying, pretty much. Mostly. Somewhat. Listen, that wouldn't fly. As the old saying goes, and the fight was on. Listen, there's so many times we're not faithful to God. God is still faithful to us. And the Holy Spirit will produce in us faithfulness. Faithfulness to others. Faithfulness to our spouse. Faithfulness to our children. Faithfulness to the house of God. Faithfulness to the Word of God. Faithfulness in our giving. Faithfulness in our service. God the Holy Spirit causes faithfulness. But in the world, there's a lot of unfaithfulness. What are you offering? Are you a faithful friend? Or unfaithful? The Holy Spirit produces gentleness. I don't know about you. I've ridden a lot of horses in my life. I've uh, been a lot of places. We used to do a lot of horse rides. I stopped. Because it never fails. I'd get the crazy horse. I always would ask. Is it gentle? I don't know why they would say. Are you experienced? I should say no, I've never ridden before. I mean, I remember the time I got on this one horse. It took off bucking. It was going up and down. I was flopping back and forth. It was going crazy. And if that manager hadn't unplugged that thing, it would have been bad. (laughs) No, but I've been on a lot of horses. And you know what? One of the first questions I want to know, is it gentle? Because I don't like high-spirited horses. I don't like horses, amen, that need to, are half-broken. And listen, people don't like people that are half-broken. They want, we want gentleness. We need people that are kind and gentle. There's a lot of rough people in the world, amen, but the world needs to see, amen, that there are people who are gentle and know how to handle things circumstances and they're not going to freak out they're not going to spook at a sound I was on one horse my horse didn't like Amy's horse and my horse just wanted to bite her horse well her horse didn't like my horse biting it and it would sling its head around and try to you know and then it scared her So we didn't get to ride together. She ended up at the front of the pack and I had to pull mine way away and keep it away from all the horses because it didn't play well with others. 
There's a lot of people who don't play well with others. They're not gentle. They're mean-spirited. But the Holy Spirit wants us to offer the world gentleness. The Holy Spirit, this is the last one. Not a lot of folks have it. We're not seeing a lot of it in the world right now. But it's time that the church rise up and allow this fruit of the Spirit that is in us, that's there, we need to allow it to work. And that is self-control. The Holy Spirit gives us the authority, gives us the power to control ourselves, to control our tongue, to control your thumbs, to control your attitude, to control your thoughts, to control. I mean, it's back to temperance. Being able to not overdo things. There's so many things, it's not a sin in itself. It's a sin when you overdo it. Too much of something is too much, even if it's a good thing. I like sugar. Too much sugar is not good. I like chocolate. But too much chocolate's not good. I like ice cream. But too much ice cream is not good. You see, there's things that's not necessarily a sin... But too much of it is not good for you. We need to learn to control ourselves. We need to learn self-control. But in the world, when you operate in the flesh, there's no self-control. Do whatever I want. Say whatever I want. Hurt whoever I want. As long as I want to do it. If it makes me feel good, I don't care about anybody else. And that is wrong. You need to learn to operate and practice self-control. If what I say hurts someone else, don't say it. If what I do is going to hurt someone else, don't do it. I need to be an example to others. I need to learn self-control. Otherwise, I'm not going to have self-control. I'm going to fly off of the handle. I'm going to lose my temper. I'm going to lose my cool. I'm going to say and do things I shouldn't do. And then, as a Christian, you should apologize and make it right when you do wrong. Now, not a lot of people do that. The world can act ugly and do all kind of crazy things and never say they're sorry. But I'm telling you, as a child of God, as a believer, we do make mistakes and we fail and we sin. And sometimes we don't control ourselves or our temper or our words. But when we do, we need to go back and make it right with the people we hurt. Some of you need to look at your wife right now or your husband and say, I'm sorry. Some of you need to go home and tell your kids, I'm sorry for the way I acted, the way I talked. Some of you need to talk to your parents and tell them, I'm sorry for the way I acted. Your boss, your co-worker, a friend, a neighbor. We do things wrong and then we just want to act like it never happened. No, don't do that. If you, do, if you lose control... Make it right. Show the world there's a better way. There's something powerful about I'm sorry. When we come to God, sin in our life, 
failures, mistakes. And we say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. The Bible says He forgives all of our sins. But He said, if we've been forgiven, we have to forgive those who trespass against us. Sometimes it's easy. We want forgiveness, but we don't always offer forgiveness. What are you offering today? Let's seek to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to offer real hope. Are we offering real hope? Do we see people lame and we just drop them a quarter? Are we willing to stop and declare healing into their life and willing to put out a helping hand to pick them up? Let's start making a real difference in our community. A real difference in our church. A real difference in our family. Let's begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And let's offer people something better than we've been offering them. Can I get an amen? If you've been offering your husband frozen pizzas, it's time to offer him a good homemade Rose, carrots, potatoes, and chocolate pie. Every now and then a frozen pizza is okay. But sometimes you need to offer something better. Sometimes a wave, sometimes a dollar is okay. But sometimes we need to offer something better. Something life-changing. We need to be led by the Spirit and discern that this person needs more than I'm offering and I'm willing to offer. You say, Pastor, can I do that? Well, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. There you go. See, if we're trying to do it on our own, If we're doing it in our own strength, our own abilities, there's not a lot we can do. But I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. How does He strengthen me? Through the Holy Spirit. In just a moment, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you. Just to come, fill these altars, stand by the walls, go get somewhere. I want us to take a few moments and seek the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have I been offering you? Have I been offering hope? Have I been offering love and kindness and gentleness? Have I been offering long-suffering and meekness and temperance? Have I been offering love or hate? I'm telling you, we need to repent today as a church, as a nation, the church is not offered the world. We've just given them a a, a little bit. We've given them a, a, a little handout. But it's time we offer real hope. And His name is Jesus. He's the hope of your eternity. What must I do to be saved? You must be born again. If you're here in this building, or you're watching online, there's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He loves you. He gave the Holy Spirit to empower you to live a life of holiness and righteousness. And when we sin, and we do, because we're not perfect, we can get up and say, I'm sorry, and He'll forgive us. Today, there's some of you in this house that need forgiveness. 
I'm going to give you opportunity to just find somewhere in a few moments. And we're just going to ask God. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord a little bit this morning. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to empower us to go out into this sinful world and offer them something better than we've been given. But today, if you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. Before we sign off, I want you to pray with me right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I confess I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Help me be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus Live within me. I give you my heart today. I invite you to be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. If you prayed that prayer, right now Jesus has forgiven your sin. You're a child of God. Your past is forgiven. But now you've got to do something. You've got to get up. You've got to be better. You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You've got to come. Make a public confession. Be baptized in water. Amen. That doesn't forgive your sins. Jesus forgives your sins. That just is an outward show of I've choosing to follow Christ. And then be led by the Holy Spirit. And offer your family, your friends, and this world something better than you've been offered.